0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd, more at candlewoodartsfestival.org.
1: Nat, have you seen uh, Rito Sasuetas' short documentary, Tijuana Dream?
2: Yes, my friend, a couple years ago, why?
1: Well, Rito's brother, Rick, who's also the producer of the documentary, is a good friend of mine, and I saw him last weekend, and it prompted me to see the documentary again. I saw it last week, and it got the old hamster wheel rolling.
2: Oh, see, <laughs> Tell me more, Chiquis I'm interested.
1: Well, the basic thesis of the short is that Tijuana, and arguably the whole region, over the last decades has transformed itself from being a city for people in transition, moving through, to actually being folks' final destination. This is due in part because different people from all walks of life have added to the cultural fabric of Tijuana and made it so people want to come visit or stay and live here. That's in spite of the city still trying to transform its well-known drawbacks.
2: Wow, you're so wise. You're starting to sound like Julio.
1: I mean, he did write this.
2: (laughs) Wait, so is this you thinking this or is it he?
1: Oh my God, I don't even, are are my thoughts even my own? I don't know. (laughs) I don't either. Anyways, I asked myself after watching this short doc, why is the Tijuana dream so compelling? And what does it say about the American dream?
2: Hmm. Sabes que? That idea is something that came up a lot in our interview recently with Rubí and Javier, a cheerful Central American couple that moved to Tijuana in
3: 2019.
2: Together, they own and operate Pura Vida, a food truck that delivers the best pupusas and gallo pinto in town.
4: El que más se vende es la pupusa. Es lo que más conoce la gente. La gente que llega de que llega del otro lado, que ha vivido del otro lado y eso, entonces conoce la pupusa. O si llega gente centroamericana, consumen lo que es el gallo pinto, como se llama en Costa Rica y Nicaragua, se llama gallo pinto.
2: Javier and Ruby both welcomed us into their lives and shared stories about how they met,
1: about what fans the flames of love after love,
2: each raising a family of their own independently of each other, and their reflections and feelings about the American dream.
1: Spoiler, they think it's long gone.
2: Pues fíjese
4: que eh, no sé si estaré equivocada o no, pero a mi parecer. Interesting
1: that they didn't buy into it. But did Julio stuff his face again?
2: What do you think?
1: <laughs> Typical. Of
2: course he did. You don't want to miss this one, so stay tuned.
1: From KPBS and PRX, this is Port of Entry,
2: where we tell cross border stories that connect us.
1: I'm Alan Lilienthal.
2: And I'm Natalie Gonzalez.
0: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or
1: hohenmotors.com. You are listening to KPBS's Port of Entry.
5: These migrants marching across Mexico say they're determined to stop only once they reach the United States.
1: A seemingly endless stream of people making their way on foot towards the United States. When you turn on the news or look at any significant piece of media that talks about the border region, it's usually about the tens of thousands of people trying to get across the border into the U.S.
2: Chasing the American
1: dream. But Javier and Rubi's life is a case for an alternative dream, one built only here. Shout out, Kinsey.
3: Vino
2: sola hoy. No, aquí traigo este. ¿Ah? <laughs> aquí traigo Julio. Soy el asistente hoy. Asistente. Ah, asistente. Aquí trajo. Yo traigo. soy el asistente de ella. De ella. Ah, muy bien. ¿Cómo están? Top tip in playas de
1: Tijuana. The part of Tijuana that meets the sea.
2: Towards the southern hillsides in the neighborhood of Costa Hermosa. There's a bright green food truck that parks in front of Playa State High School from 3 to 9 p.m., Tuesdays through
3: Sundays.
1: (laughs) The food truck is covered with overly pixelated posters of different Latin American dishes, some from El Salvador.
2: Like pupusas.
1: And others from Costa Rica.
2: Like gallo pinto or chifrijo.
1: In a yellow curve font that's outlined in red, you can read the phrase pura vida, a Costa Rican expression that literally translates into pure life or just life.
3: But
2: it means much more than that.
3: Es una frase que significa todo lo bueno que si es bueno, todo todo lo bueno significa pura vida. Es muy tradicional de Costa Rica e internacionalmente ya nos conocen como los pura vida en parts partes del mundo.
2: That was Javier Ortiz a 64-year-old Costa Rican transplant from San Jose, Costa Rica's capital city.
1: Pura Vida is a Costa Rican expression, a greeting and a farewell. Think of aloha for the Hawaiians or ciao for the Italians. But to ticos, that's a nickname for Costa Ricans,
2: Pura Vida is about counting your blessings, expressing gratitude or satisfaction.
1: A way of seeing the world and living in the moment, joy and enthusiasm.
3: Pero según la historia de la palabra pura vida viene de una película de este de Clavillazo que se llama Pura Vida que él llegó a Costa Rica a promocionar y eh, a su vez nosotros los costarricenses tomamos el pura vida como una parte nuestra.
1: Javier is a short, stocky gentleman who usually sports an English beret. He knows a lot about economic history and international politics. That makes sense since he was involved in Costa Rica's Communist Party back when he was younger and led a number of political collectives. But now...
2: Don Javier plays second fiddle to the mastermind of the operation, Doña Rubí, the apple of Javier's eyes, and the talent behind the pan. She's always in the background cooking, directing, correcting, and making fun
1: of Javier. She's a jovial, age-defying powerhouse of a woman originally from Sonsonate in El Salvador.
2: We talked along for their supply run at the Mercado de Abastos, a central market in Tijuana. <laughs> they bought all sorts of ingredients for their dishes.
1: Massa flour, cabbages, beans, carrots, cilantros, tomatoes, habaneros, cucumbers, among other things.
2: Ruby talked about growing up in El Salvador, but as she told us these stories, some unexpected memories began to surface que me andar, andar vendiendo cosas para poder
4: ayudar a, a la venta a la sobrevivir pues mi mamá era negociante tenía sus de, de según el tiempo que fuera a veces vendía frutas.
1: Ruby grew up poor in the rural area of Sonsonate. She worked to help her family survive and avoid hunger.
4: pero sí era la vida. Porque no era la vida que, era, hay que, hay que desde
2: Ruby didn't want to share much about her childhood. We got a sense that it might have been rough. And after a few more questions, her small eyes turned into pockets of tears.
1: And although she tried, it was hard for her to hold her tears back.
2: La niñez
4: fue bonita, pero ya cuando uno va creciendo y todo eso lleva una vida dura, una vida muy dura. No económicamente, porque siempre hubo
2: pobreza. When we asked what was the reason she left El Salvador for Costa Rica, it was hard for us to take in the little that she did share with us.
4: Los padres de uno eran muy duros, demasiado duros. Por eso le digo de que a veces es mejor olvidar.
2: She confessed she'd rather not remember her early years. Her upbringing was at the hands of two very strict parents.
1: They were abusive and cruel. She would get yelled at for the smallest of mistakes, like not knowing how to need masa. There
4: were three, castigos diarios mínimo, castigos verdad. No de que le solo con la chancla. castigos de antes.
1: She would get punished severely for the littlest of things, beaten mercilessly, like they used to do in the old days. She says,
2: at least three times a day.
4: Dura, was la infancia fue muy dura. Pero aquí estamos. Aquí estamos. Hay cosas que a veces uno no quiere recordar, pero ahí estamos. Y por eso lo endereza, tal vez aún.
2: Entonces usted se
4: quería ir porque ya no estar ahí en su casa, entonces um, como le digo, como una, como un escape, tal vez como una libertad de todo lo que uno va pasando, porque ahora es una muchacha de 17 años libre.
1: To escape the abuse, she left Sonsonate at the first chance she got when her sister passed on an opportunity to be a housemaid in Costa Rica.
2: An opportunity that Ruby saw as a way out of her hell. I was 17
4: years old. Who is she? Who did I go to Costa Rica? Only, because I came to work at home. Someone
2: there
4: appeared that I needed a domestic employee. I went to go there. I went to Costa Rica for 17 years.
2: When she got to Costa Rica at the age of 17 by herself,
1: it seemed that the hell that lurked in her home set itself loose around the country. Things got really terrible back in El Salvador.
2: El Salvador, during the late 70s and early 80s, was an extremely dangerous place to be a young girl.
0: This is what the note left with the bodies reads, don't come back because we know about your actions and what has happened to these people will happen to you. And it's signed EMN, which is an extreme right-wing paramilitary group. This kind An unburied corpse lies ignored by the roadside. Brutal evidence of the civil war to which the United States is now committing weapons and advisors.
4: ndo yo me vine cuando yo llegué a Costa Rica no era tanto no no sé no sé no estaba eso de la guerra así como que mucho 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 pero ya estando yo en Costa Rica fue cuando ya se soltó todo y estaba muertos por
2: todos lados
1: The conflict erupted before por she left lado. but while she was in Costa Rica it got much worse in El Salvador
2: she intended to leave for a year, but not having anything to go back to, she ended up staying away for 40 years.
1: The Salvadorian Civil War eventually left a toll of 75,000 dead, mostly civilians, a half million internally displaced people, and another half million refugees that fled to other countries.
4: Yo creo que no. Yo creo que no.
1: She never considered going back. Both her country and her home were a living hell, and that sentiment still lingers.
4: Ya cuarenta y más de 10 años ya. Y son vidas duras que uno pasa. Y es mejor a veces recuerditos que mejor dejarlos olvidados.
2: Doña Ruby did leave El Salvador with some tools after all.
1: From an early age, she knew how to work
2: and to cook because she had to. Porque tuve la experiencia experience, and
4: diez, 10, años, <laughs> mi mamá tenía un negocio de de vender pupusas también. Entonces vende comida y vende pupusas. Entonces mi hermana era la que hacía las pupusas.
1: Ruby's mother had a small business selling pupusas in El Salvador. Ruby's sister cooked the pupusas while Ruby,
2: at the tender age of 10 or 11,
1: helped prepare ingredients at home.
2: Ruby was never actually taught how to make them, she just observed. Until one day, her mother commanded.
1: Now it's your turn to make them.
2: yo nada más veía que las señoras
4: que hacían su pelotita y palmeaban ya al comal. Agarré y armé yo mi pupusa y quedó como cuadrada y la tiré a la plancha, al comal. Agarró la pupusa la señora del comal y me la puso así en la cara. es, "Esto no sirve, qué es esta cochinada?" dice. "Esto es una cochinada." Y
1: Her first few attempts were unsuccessful, and she was scolded for it. But eventually, she got really good at making pupusas and cooking other dishes in general.
2: So good that, according to Don Javier, she was well-known in San Jose for her cooking. Javier and Ruby met each other in Costa Rica in the latter years of their life after they both had married other people and both had raised three children of their own.
1: They met years after they both separated from their partners. Back then, Javier was operating a taxi cab and helping lead the taxi union in San Jose.
2: We should mention, Don Javier impressed us with all the different things he did for a job. If you can imagine a profession, Javier has most likely done it at one point of his life.
1: But this story is not about Javier's jack of all trades-like nature. It's about the impact of Ruby in Javier's life. Primero,
3: la, primero anduve un tiempito con Ruby, pero nos dejamos. Y al tiempo cuando me daban el taxi, me la volví a encontrar. Era azar del destino.
2: According to Javier, he and Ruby had dated each other at some point earlier in their life, but had gone their separate ways until they unexpectedly ran into each other while he was working as a taxi driver.
1: He was in a line of taxis to pick up employees of a business where Ruby worked, and that is where they started seeing each other again. Javier offered to give her a ride, and they started spending more and more time together. Eventually, Rubí declared her feelings for Javier. Día, do you believe in love after love? La lleguería,
3: la lleguería, ya, ya yo me salía de la fila para llevarla. Ve, y apareció Cupido. Le digo, ¿cómo? No.
1: ¡No! Para no andar muy largo. Ella se me declaró. And shortly after this declaration of love, they moved in together and started their lives as a couple, each with kids of their own, just like a tropical Brady Bunch.
2: Until one of the kids in the bunch, just like her mom, decided to skip town and leave for...
1: Wait for it. Drum roll.
2: Tijuana.
4: Yo soy Karen Valverde y soy originaria de Costa Rica. Pues yo tenía 19 años y pues tenía un noviazgo. <laughs> él trabajaba en California y pues me nos decía, bueno me decía a mí que que él tenía que regresar aquí, estar yendo y viniendo
2: y pues le quedaría más cerca vivir de este lado. That is Karen, Rubi's eldest daughter. She got a bit of wild love and followed a young guy from California she met in Costa Rica. They settled in Tijuana to be together. And two years later, they split up, but she stayed in Tijuana. And she has been in Tijuana for over 15 years.
1: During those same 15 years, Javier and Ruby were still love nesting in Costa Rica. Javier was still a taxi driver, while Ruby was cooking for different restaurants and hotels. She opened a pupuseria in her garage in San Jose. They were a working couple through and through.
2: But according to Javier, things changed for taxi drivers in San Jose when Uber came to town. Like many other places, the app displaced many unionized taxi drivers. And to add misery to
3: injury...
1: The accident
3: happened. Mm-hmm.
2: Javier lost his taxi in a car accident. It was barely four years old, pretty much
1: brand new. He would lease it to another guy part-time when he wasn't operating it. The other guy totaled the taxi in a car wreck.
2: Javier hadn't even finished paying it off.
1: His driver did not want to take responsibility and bailed, leaving Javier with the wreck and the debt. With Javier in a tough bind and Ruby tired of the kitchen, Karen had a suggestion for them.
2: Move to Tijuana and start over.
1: They needed a well-deserved break. And I think we need one too. Let's go get some water.
2: Yeah, let's take a break. And when we come back, we hear about Javier and Rubí's challenges and their views on the American dream.
1: More of this story when we come back.
2: No se vayan.
1: Hi,
0: I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships
1: or HohenMotors.com. From KPBS, you are listening to Port of Entry.
2: Javier remembers a conversation he had with a close friend who tried to convince him to stay in Costa Rica.
3: Me dijo que me quedara. Jose Maria, le digo. Para poderme quedar yo aquí, tengo que tener un trabajo fijo, porque se me viene el asunto del taxi, yo quedé viéndole al banco. No tengo para pagar, no tengo para pagar, simple sencillamente.
2: But Javier y had no way to make ends meet.
1: And so they took Karen's suggestion to leave for Tijuana.
3: No, oh, eh, la situación se puso fuerte y eh, dura ya para así decirlo, como decimos allá.
4: Y estaba la posibilidad de poner un negocio aquí de de,
2: donde va la gente después de que se operan.
1: Leave for Tijuana to do what?
2: Karen, Ruby's daughter, worked in Tijuana's medical tourism industry. So Ruby and Javier thought that maybe they would support themselves by starting a business of running a medical recovery house.
1: A place where people who've had medical procedures in Tijuana could go to recover.
2: So they put all their savings into opening a recovery house in Tijuana. But there were big challenges. Nos
4: vinimos para acá y todo el asunto. Y resulta que ya estando aquí, eh, la casa que quisiera uno alquilar, si uno quería alquilar una casa, valía en ese entonces, valía mil dólares. Entonces decía, la quiero para poner una casa de recuperación. Ah, vale dos mil. Le subían el el precio
2: de Del they were ready to rent a big house, but when the landlords heard it was for a recovery house, they automatically doubled the rent they were originally asking for.
1: And it turns out Javier and Ruby needed to be English speakers. Their main customers were overwhelmingly going to be Americans. They did not know a lick of English. Hire a bilingual nurse?
4: Couldn't afford it. No sabemos inglés. Eh, había que alquilar uh, pagarle a una enfermera bilingüe también para que cuidara a los operados y todo el asunto. El dinerito se fue gastando y ya y no teníamos nada, no había
2: nada.
1: Oh, and the permits?
2: Couldn't get them.
1: By their own admission, they were completely out of their depth. So little by little, they were eating through their savings.
4: Y como ya no había casi mucho dinero Pues sí, a lo que vinimos, checha, a trabajar y decidimos otra vez volver a montarnos en lo que era la comida.
2: Out of options, they fell back on their old faithful: cooking bubusas.
4: Ahí, ahí vamos, <laughs> ahí seguimos igual, a seguir cocinando.
2: Honestly, I'm not that sad it's happened to them.
1: You're not that sad?
2: I mean, we get to enjoy their delicious food, right?
1: Not, I, I think you've been hanging out with Julio too much. Yeah, I need help. You both need help. <laughs>
4: <laughs> la pupusa es como prima hermana de la gordita. Es masa de maíz con rellena de frijolitos, refritos, queso y una pastita que se hace de carnita de puerco.
3: ¿Y la masa de qué está
4: De maíz. De maíz. A veces hay gente que no come cuerco, entonces
2: se le
1: puede poner un poquito de pollo. Pupusas are a traditional Salvadorian staple. Think of them as a thick tortilla or gordita made up of masa and stuffed with all sorts of fillings.
2: Chicharrón,
1: shredded pork, beans, cheese,
2: and even a vegetable here or there. You usually have
1: it with curtido. A Salvadorian pickled salad made up of mostly shredded cabbage and carrots.
2: To cut through the rich flavors of the pupusa. El gallo pinto es
4: un plato típico que es de Nicaragua y de Costa Rica, pero a la vez se usa prácticamente en toda Centroamérica porque en El Salvador se llama casamiento. Se sirve, es con arroz, arroz y frijoles refritos y acompañado de huevitos estrellados o revueltos con su respectivo platanito frito maduro.
1: Gallo Pinto is your typical Costa Rican Grand Slam breakfast. It's two to three fried eggs turned over easy, with a Polish or German sausage next to a generous side of seasoned rice and black beans mixed together. Oh, and a fried plantain with cheese or cream to help fill you up just in case.
2: Man, I wish we had a camera to pan to our producer's booth. Julio's face as we record this is priceless. Look at him.
1: (laughs) Can you guys leave me alone? Seriously, food makes me happy, right? Mexican people overall have welcomed them. Case in point, the food truck which they own and operate was sold to them for cheap by a Mexican who befriended them.
2: Ruby and Javier are popular in the neighborhood. They are a go-to for anyone on a tight budget. Their pupusas are 60 Mexican pesos. That's 3.5 US dollars.
1: One pupusa is enough for a normal person.
2: Yes, but never for our producer. <laughs> So Javier and Ruby are doing pretty well in TJ, living the Tijuana dream, right? And for them, it's working out a lot better than the American dream.
4: De la gente que va aferrada, usted habla con cualquier persona que llegó aquí a Tijuana, llegó con el anhelo de irse para el otro lado, porque dice, voy para allá y voy para allá y no le sacan de la cabeza de que no vayan para el otro lado. De hecho, un amigo de nosotros está ahorita allá que entró en diciembre, entró porque le decían los sobrinos de la esposa le decían, este, aquí estamos ganando 750 dólares por semana, es un dineral.
1: Javier and Rubí have a friend from Costa Rica that crossed into the states through the desert in December. The man had heard from a nephew that they were making 700 dollars a week in a meatpacking plant somewhere in the Midwest.
2: But, as far as they have heard, he still doesn't have stable employment in the U.S.
1: He sometimes works three days a week, and sometimes doesn't work at all. But his costs keep
2: going up. He pays his landlord $80 a week for food and $100 for rent. But when he's out of a job, he can't afford to pay, So he calls home to have his wife in Costa Rica send him money.
1: Wait, isn't it supposed to be the other way around? That feels backwards.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the new American dream. Part of the reason he can't find a good job is because he doesn't speak English at all, and that is required for most jobs. Ahí está el pobre llevando
4: palo porque no, no ha conseguido trabajo no ha conseguido trabajo y, y no no es justo digo yo toda la caminada que ese hombre se pegó pasar preso aquí en México unos días y llegar allá y que no haya trabajo que no Es mejor quedarse
2: quetico uno donde está bien Javier and Rubí said their friend was going after the American Dream.
1: And they thought it was not fair for him to have faced such hardships and even imprisonment in Mexico for being an undocumented traveler.
2: Only to find no real work upon his arrival in the States. Ayudando a su esposa, allá y
4: eso, pero decidió irse al sueño americano. Y ahí está su sueño americano que no ha conseguido
2: trabajo.
3: ¿Ustedes aquí
2: en Tijuana están bien?
4: Sí, aquí está. ¿Qué le digo? No,
3: Menos estrés que en Costa Rica. No Classic. estamos,
4: de que vamos a acumular el montón de dinero, de que nos vamos a, a, a bañar en dinero en dólares y eso. Pero, pero ahí va uno.
2: Tranquilo, ganándose lo poquito que ocupa.
1: Their experience living in Tijuana, they said, is relatively stress-free.
2: It allows them to earn a decent living, save a little bit of money, and overall, keep moving forward. Ahí vamos, ahí vamos.
1: So, Nat, it seems like Ruby and Javier's experience and all that's happened to their friend means chasing the American dream may not be worth it these days.
2: Yeah, dude, it's something that everybody's talking about. The high cost of living in the U.S. is
5: pretty crazy. The old American dream was about prosperity and opportunity. But for a lot of people, that dream is dead.
1: Dream I honestly believe. But the American dream is dead for our generation, frankly. Our purchasing power is one of some of the lowest in history.
5: And yeah, you go try to buy a house
3: in any major metro area, forget about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Everything gets more and more expensive every day. The cost of quality food, housing, education, healthcare, prices just keep skyrocketing.
2: Just trying to afford these essential necessities results in a low quality of life, especially for the working class.
1: Even more so, if you're a recent migrant, you end up spending money faster than you earn it, to the point that you have to call home to spot you some cash.
2: Like Rubi and Javier's
1: friend. It seems like these days, the American dream is only available to those with a nest egg or a significant amount of money to buy in.
2: Nowadays, a lot of Americans are finding other places to live the American dream.
1: Much more affordable places like, for example, Mexico.
2: The neighborhood of Playas de Tijuana, where Javier and Ruby live and earn a living, is filled with Americans of all ethnic backgrounds who are living there, looking for a better deal for their dollars.
1: Obviously, this has other unintended economic consequences,
2: like gentrification.
1: But that's another story.
3: En relación a Estados Unidos, el sueño americano, yo nunca pensaba en eso. Nunca me ha
1: ilusionado. Javier says he had never really felt seduced by the American dream. He was never interested in going to the United States to try his luck. Aunque
3: el trabajo es bastante fuerte, nunca nos... Me he preocupado por, por pensar en quedarme en Estados Unidos. De hecho, yo creía que a mí no me iban a dar la visa.
2: He has made significant progress in this new country and even felt less stress in Tijuana when compared to Costa Rica.
1: Or what could come his way if he joined their friend who ventured into the US. Estamos
3: tranquilos, y se trabaja duro pero se ven los frutos. No hay necesidad de irnos para para los Estados Unidos. Aquí estamos como decimos los ticos en nuestro charco. Although the work has
2: been hard, they can see the results every day.
1: Javier and Rubi's decision to stay here has paid off. They are happy and fulfilled in Tijuana.
2: They feel grateful.
1: American
3: dream? No, 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 no,
1: Javier and Ruby think it may be better to stay and create the dream where one is, bloom where you are planted, rather than chasing after a dream that might not come true.
2: They prefer the Mexican dream.
1: Like the main thesis of Rito Sasueta's short documentary, this is a city in which you can build your dreams on.
2: Your very own Tijuana dream.
1: Before we go, we would like to leave you with a few bits from Rito Sasuetas' documentary,
2: Tijuana Dream,
1: and some of her remarks from an interview that our producer Julio had with her that will be available in its full length later this season. Quizá vienen por el sueño americano inicialmente, otros ya ni siquiera vienen para irse Estados Unidos, vienen para Tijuana porque Tijuana ven que hay progreso. Cuanta gente no hay de Sinaloa, de todos lados aquí, hay de todos lados porque saben que que si sí, a un amigo le ha ido bien a un familiar se vino empezó trabajando en esto y es como un tipo un Mexican Dream no ¿Tijuana dream? <laughs> el Tijuana Dream ¿no?
3: <laughs> Tijuana is kind of growing a culture of its own which didn't exist before it
1: has it has now a place to where people want to be here and people want to spend time here and people want to spend money here, when before, everybody
5: would leave. Everybody would go and spend their money in the States. But the economy kind of played a weird part in it. People started realizing that here, with a little bit of money, they could start a really cool business. And I feel like
1: the local culture started appreciating itself.
5: Hi, I'm Rito Zazueta. I wanted to show a different light on the city. Everyone is always used to seeing Tijuana in in a negative light. It has a bad reputation. a sort of like shadow on top of the city, which might, which is true. There's some things that have happened there that obviously I'm not denying any of that. But I, I wanted to make an extra effort to sort of like bypass that. Like, yes, we know this is the reality, but let me focus on something good. And I decided to make this film and focus on culture revolution that was happening at the time and is still happening today that there's so many cool restaurants, there's so many like cool bars and there's so much like movement and businesses happening. And like, there's so many new developments. It's a land of opportunity. Like, yes, people do get kidnapped. Yes, there is crime. Yes, we know all the reality of, of the city, but I wanted to show like, hey, but it's also this, 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 and this. So come with me and I'll show you this like journey of of just cool kids trying to do their best, you know, with their situation, with the cards they were dealt. Tijuana is very, you know, you can't expect what's gonna happen in Tijuana. And it's very like, you go with the flow all the time in that city. Like sometimes you plan things and then you get, you your car hits a pothole and oh my gosh, I have a flat tire. Or sometimes the streets are all, and even though we do have mention of the crime and, you know, narcos and the dark legends and all that that surrounds the city that they've been wearing this hat for so long. I kind of had, I felt that responsibility of like, por Tijuana, like, let me just get, let me take off this huge, heavy backpack for 17 minutes and let me just let them rest and show this like city that we're so beyond that. I just wanted it as a gift for the city, like, hey. There's this little glimpse of hope and a little bit of joy. Here it is, and I wanted to give it to the city as a present. (laughs) What a great way to end this little interview, Rito. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. All right, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: We want to extend our thanks to Rito for allowing us to use his material and recognize the team that made this wonderful short documentary possible.
2: This episode of Port of Entry was written and produced by Julio César Ortiz
1: Franco. Luca Vega is technical producer and sound designer.
2: Adrián Villalobos is media production specialist.
1: Elisa Barba is our editor.
2: Lisa Morissette is director of audio programming and operations. And John Decker is senior director of content development.
1: This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.
2: This project was also made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit callhome.org.
1: Soy Alan Lilienthal.
2: Y yo soy Natalia Gonzalez.
1: Nos, Nos vemos pronto.